As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Ladies and gentlemen, I am flabbergasted to be back with you uh, in the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast. I really appreciate you guys uploading this particular episode. I know it's been a while. I've got a real treat for myself and you guys. Uh, frankly, I'm, I'm really excited to be treating myself to one of my favorite people in the universe uh, tonight who is not only entertaining as a friend, but also as a multi-talented humorist, uh, is what I'll call him. He does all kinds of stuff. Uh, but we, we go way back all the way to Mizzou football and uh, have had many intertwining life experiences since. I feel I actually apologize to everyone on the air for not having introduced him to the show sooner. Um, and frankly, I am not gay, but if I... Well... I recently, when I saw him in California, I, I had weird thoughts, and I, and I thought to myself, am I gay? I, I don't know. I mean, this guy's really good looking. I, I'm really upset that he's married. All right, maybe that's a little too far, but nevertheless, I'd like to introduce one of my good friends, Austin Huff. Mike, do you, do you mind if I, I proofread the first part, like your intro right there? Do you mind if I just proofread a couple of things? <laughs> I think... Uh, I think I kind of took it a little too far there, Huff, and, and halfway through I kind of just I had to commit to it, you know. <laughs> My first note: I, I don't know if you used, if you used flabbergasted <laughs> in, the, in the right context. Really? Oh, can you? Before we even and go then, on, I'm curious to know what that even. Was, there was that extensive amount of time you wasted on talk, and on assuring us that you weren't gay, and that how much you loved me. So, <laughs> well, hey, well, Huff, I, I can say that um, I do love you, and I know that you told me I tell you that more than your mom does. Um, that, that that is true. If there's anyone on this planet that tells me, hey, you know, Huff, I love you more <laughs> than Lisa Huff, who is my mom, tough mom, they uh, is Michael Oldroyd. One hundred percent. In fact, Mike might double. <laughs> well, I can I can say that uh, without trying to make you feel awkward, it's true, bro. Um, and uh, I'm very happy to have you on the show today. Uh, I think it's been too long since we've seen each other last, which has been you know roughly a week or so. Uh, <laughs> when I when I was across the country in uh, Los Angeles, California. So, um, we had a great experience, didn't we, down there, Huff? We are, um, like I mentioned earlier, guys, me and Huff played football together. Well, actually, Huff can clarify what that actually means, but uh, one of our buddies... We we practiced football together. (laughs) That's what I like to say. We practiced football. We were both walk-ons, so we we did not see the playing field very much unless it was when our heads were being buried in it. (laughs) During practice. By guys like yeah, Sean Witherspoon. Right, right. Not during games. <laughs> and uh, didn't we have a good time there in, in the in the uh, game film uh, room the next day after each practice getting yelled at and, and just absolutely berated and castrated by uh, Kent, uh, okay, Kent McCullough? Let, let this be clear. We were walk-ons, yes, but we were treated like, like every other player on the field. And if we would screw up, which happened a lot because, again – we were the lesser talented walk-ons. We would get berated just as if we were a, a, a starter or a backup. Anyone on the team. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject for a quick sec there, Huff, and I'm not I'm not necessarily gonna say lesser talented. I will say lesser talented in the eyes of the coaches. Um, but you know, Mike, 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 we were white guys trying to play Big Twelve football in Division Division. You know what? That brings up a good point. I have experienced the inverse of white privilege during my time at Mizzou as a <laughs> as a white receiver. I did not get yeah. an equal opportunity because of the color of my skin. 
and I'm going to have to, uh, I will not protest by sitting down during the National Anthem, but I will, you know, say that now as my, as my action step toward, uh, yeah. Evoking Mike, change. Mike will not. Mike will not sit down during the playing of the national anthem, but he will sit down for this entire podcast just to protest <laughs> how much he has gone through in his life. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, Huff. Um, so, how's um, did you have fun at the wedding a couple weeks ago or a week ago, <laughs> whatever it was? <laughs> I don't know what to, you you run the podcast for me, Huff. <laughs> Take so, over. So, uh, <laughs> It was good to see you. It was it was kind of a blast from the past, um, if you will, getting to see you. I mean, I mean, you and I we we've seen each other what maybe twice since college in person. I mean, we we keep up with each other through text messaging and through social media and everything. But um, but yeah, we haven't we haven't seen each other very much. So getting to uh, see each other was very good. It, it brought me right back to being in those walk on locker rooms. <laughs> with, with you in there, with and I, I hope I hope everyone who listens to this like understands like where Mike Oldroyd has come from, where his career started, his comedy career. I'll, uh, I'll 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 be the first to tell you it it was in the walk on locker room every single day immediately after practice, and like practices were so hard for for walk-ons just because we would, especially offensive walk-ons, because we would get the crap kicked out of us every single day. And, like, like I would literally come home and I would count the number of bruises I would have on my, up and down my arms and my legs and everything. I would look like a, just a, like I was beaten to a bloody pulp. And so I'm, I'm in the, me as well as the other offensive walk-ons, we're in the locker room. We're licking our wounds. We're very tired. We're very exhausted because we had a full day of class. We had a full day of meetings, full day of practice. And here's Mike in the corner with still the, the like a ball full of energy. Don't ask me where he got it from. Just like, uh, like you know, he's being very timid. He's being very polite. But he's like, hey, uh, yeah, guys, um, hey, hey, Huff. Do you mind if I run like a couple of jokes by you real quick? <laughs> I uh, you, do. You, do you mind? And obviously, like, I, I, I mean, the answer in my mind was no, but I wasn't going to sit there and tell him no. I was, I was all right, fine. Yeah, go ahead. While I'm getting changed, while I'm getting ready to leave. <laughs> and I mean, I will say they got me to change a lot faster because, <laughs> man, I just need to get home. I can't deal with these jokes right now. And then Mike would deliver that material. And I kid you not, I, I think it was the timing of it. Because Mike would tell us these jokes, and we, we wouldn't laugh. We would maybe chuckle at a thumb, but we wouldn't laugh. And then, I kid you not, no matter how many times we heard those jokes, the first time we heard him on stage, when he, when he got his first gig or first... Uh, you know, five minutes up on stage at the local comedy club. We and and we heard literally the same jokes we've been hearing for you know two years in the locker room. With him telling them on stage was some of the funniest stuff. Like it was, it was like, wait a minute, is this the same guy that's been telling us these same jokes on stage <laughs> for all these years? Like it clearly was the timing. So Mike. Mike, just know that, uh, one, I apologize for, I apologize for sharing, uh, or for, for not laughing at your jokes back in the day when we were in the locker room, but, but two, know that uh, I think it all had to do with the timing and knowing your audience. A, a group of tired, beat-up football players in a locker room probably isn't the best audience for you, but once you get on that, in that comedy club night scene, then yeah, then, then your your stuff is gonna kill. So well, that's really nice, huh? For a second there, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, like, for, wow, is this a is this a roast? Yeah, I was like, 
I, I brought you on as a guest, not as a roaster tonight, huh? <laughs> no, I really... Yeah, hey, uh, I, you know, all these people that are listening, I'd like to keep them listening if you don't mind. <laughs> You know what, Huff? I think I'm going to gain more listeners by having you on the show, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. But would you like to? Would you like to join me? Join forces? <laughs> no, we kind of joked about that at the wedding, and it, I think it was funnier in the moment than it was right there. Um, <laughs> but we joked how uh, you know, because Huff's got a great radio voice. He's done a lot of uh, work. He actually works in radio now, and. Um, you know, he's he's got a comedy background himself. I like how I'm talking about you in the third person and then talking to you directly in the second person. It's like just switching back and forth. Like there's other people in the room here with me and there aren't. Um, Tell me more about myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Huff, you're a great compliment. And, um, you know, obviously, um, obviously... Uh, I as I I wasn't BSing when I said I think the air is missing out on you. I think that uh, um, I, I'm going to take advantage of as much time as I can get from you, whether it's 30 minutes or coming back anytime you want uh, until until the bigger forces take hold of you and uh, everyone discovers the A dot Huff number 32 hashtag 32 uh, from Cork Bats. By the way, I'm I'm blasting. I'm I'm promoting Huff right now. You guys should check out Cork Bats if you haven't seen it before. He did Comedy Wars in college, so you might want to get a hold of Albus Dumbledore and see if you could go in his pensive. Go back in time and check out some of his Comedy Wars. Unless you have anything online, do you, Huff? Hold on, is that a Harry Potter reference? <laughs> that was a very casual Harry Potter reference, Huff. Wow, I. I, I'm not. I know nothing about Harry Potter, but oh, okay. I, I don't know. You know how I was able to pick that up, but yeah, I make sure I wasn't. I wasn't like missing out on some other references. Well, fair enough. You, you're not. It's just basically an analogy for being able to go back in time to certain moments that people have witnessed. Um, okay. Unless yeah, I would have gone. I would. I would have gone with the with the classic Christopher Lloyd, um, Doc Doc Brown. Marty McFly reference, but <laughs> then again, I'm also very cliche, um, and that probably would have been the easy go-to money grab when it comes to time travel references. Well, you're probably right. It's probably more universal. That's one of the things that uh, that I have a problem with. Um, you know, considering a good and a bad thing, sometimes things that are bad are actually blessings in disguises. But I have very unique things that are lodged in my memory that I go to. Um, it's not your normal pop culture or universal kind of group think type things. And I just assume that everyone is in my own head from time to time. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. A lot of people are into Harry Potter. I'm, I'm an anomaly when it comes to that. Yeah. That uh, um, Harry Potter reference is always a safe bet. Yeah. For me, it's right over my head. Well, fair enough. Um, I will say this, though, Huff. Is there anywhere we can also find your work? I, I'm, I should probably promote you at the end, you know, kind of establish your credibility first instead of just talking about how great you are, talking about where pe- people can find you and then not letting you talk at all during the podcast. Yeah, I, this, is, this is Mike's outline right now. Hey, let's <laughs> talk about stuff at the wedding that, um, uh, that we went to that we were both at last week. Uh, let's talk about what movies you've seen lately and... Uh, <laughs> Let's work in a little promotion for you, and then uh, let's talk about uh, inside jokes from college. <laughs> well, um, I think we've done a pretty good job so far of uh, keeping it as relevant as possible, um, but that's hilarious, Huff. You uh, you never cease to amaze me with thy humor. Um, let's Let's... Let's backtrack for a second. I know we talked a little bit about Mizzou football. Um, are you still working with Corked Bats, or is that something that you've passed on to your friends? Uh, it, it, it's still up and running. The site's still running. Um, it, I, I do. I still occasionally tweet uh, from our Twitter account. Um, it's at Corked Bats. It's Corked is spelled with a K. Um, it, I, I still occasionally tweet from there, but I, I'm not. Um, not as active as posting things just because work um, my job now has got me so slammed that it's it's hard to do that and also I work in, in sports sports radio so 
whatever kind of writing I do do now should go towards my job as opposed to the the website I did for free as a hobby. Or um, to Michael Oldroyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, sorry, boss. I, sorry I'm late coming in today. I was doing some writing for Mike Oldroyd. <laughs> well... Um, I don't want you to interfere with your job, but I have mentioned this before that I would be willing to pay you to uh, create some some material for me from time to time because you know my uh, my vantage point very well. You and and a couple others buddies, Danny, who whose wedding we were at, helps me as well. But yeah, I'll leave that in your court. No pressure. Just you know, just telling everybody on the air so you feel guilty. You know, if you don't do it. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would ever feel feel uh, guilty for not prostituting my jokes out <laughs> <laughs> well I'm glad I and I, I, don't, I, don't want you, I don't want you to be my joke pimp Michael <laughs> well well then do you feel better just doing it for free then or <laughs> <laughs> just as long as it's consensual <laughs> <laughs> it's a hey, I'm always willing to receive your jokes up <laughs> um, but um, I, I would never want you to feel like you're prostituting God's gift of humor to you, um, you know. And uh, if you ever felt like that, no, way. I, no, that that would be that would be a an ideal way of making a living. I've always like I've envied they um, basically like write jokes for a living. For, yeah, like funny, you know. Like obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it than that, but. You know, like writers for TV shows and things like that. Like, they basically write and come up with funny things for 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 little green presidential flashcards, and, and that that's something that is always um, I've always been envious of. But not to say I don't like what I do now. I yeah. love what I do. Well, it's it's funny how sometimes something's right there in front of your face and you don't see it. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying I do it be able to offer it to you a living but discretionary income you know um, right no I got you Mike and, and and I know I know that offer is, is always on the table so and look at it as your my my, my humor has always been uh, it has the potential and, and sometimes exposes itself in a less uh, PG-13 so aka you know dirtier and, and more inappropriate and I feel like you come from a vantage point and and I compliment you on it. Where I don't think you, you you're funny without that stuff. And I need more of that. You know, um, right? I need more and, of that. And the other pros are, um, if my jokes bomb, you're the one bombing them. So then I don't even have to deal with the pressures of <laughs> of me taking crap for my jokes bombing. Yeah, and plus I would never you don't let that ever prevent you from even thinking about doing this and it's not like you have to start doing something all of a sudden because you did it once it's trial and error and if it doesn't you know there's no pressure if your jokes aren't funny when I'm when I'm doing them on stage it's not like I, I tell plenty of unfunny jokes on stage so you know um Mike did you just become my life coach well, I'm 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 a salesman too, Huff. So <laughs> I do do sales for a living. I didn't try to invite you onto this podcast so I could convince you to write jokes for me, but it just came up in conversation, and I'm willing to uh, you know move on from the topic whenever you're ready. I don't mean to dwell, but uh, Mike, could, could you could you sell me could you sell me a sheet of paper right now? <clears throat> yeah. Let me hear. Uh, first, I need to know. Um, sheet of paper, white sheet of paper. Okay. Are you? Does your boss have any assignments for you right now? Outstanding, at work. Uh, no. Sorry. Um, do you have anything that you need to propose to your boss anytime soon, like tomorrow? Do you have your to-do list made yet for the yeah, rest of the week? I mean, yeah, but I I could just do that. Well, Maybe, you're you know. you're gonna want to write it down. All right. <laughs> And uh, you're going to want to make sure that uh, it's right there in front of your face because sometimes if you just email yourself or things like that, stuff can get lost in translation. Um, you're going to want to have the sheet of paper. Uh, you know, you want to set it next to your bedstand. Here's, here's a sheet of paper. It's the cheapest you're going to get for, for the moment, you know, because there aren't any kinko, kinkos around. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get it to you for a buck just so I can 
uh, turn around and pay for the rest of the uh, packet um, that it came in. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. My my family, I we were raised Catholic. <laughs> and we really believe in paper, so. Um. <laughs> um, fair enough. Well. Um, Fair enough. I, I I don't like this. Now I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, also, I, I should note I'm allergic to paper. So, <laughs> well, um, here's a, here's a piece of paper, and if you just like get a little bit small doses, it'll help you like overcome your allergy. So I'll give I'll sell this piece of paper to you for a dollar, so that you can overcome the allergy of paper like in slow doses. Uh, you can just tear off little bits and pieces. It's a technique that. Uh, I've heard uh, works in science. So, are you are you interested, Mike? Mike, I want you to. Uh, I don't want you to take any offense to this, but you might be the worst salesman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, I say I say don't quit your day job, but. <laughs> so you think I might. Again, you, you think I might actually be a little more humorous than my skills at the trade of sales from what you're able to detect? Yeah, if it's if it's if your two jobs, if your if, if your two jobs are comedy and sales, then I would say like in comparison, you're the like the Mitch Hedberg of comedy compared to your salesman experience. Wow. Just based, just based solely off of you trying to sell me shit. Well, I really appreciate that compliment toward comedy. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that. That's Mike Goldroyd. <clears throat> the glass is half full. <laughs> awesome. right there. Yes, sir. Um, well, um... That, that, I feel like that, that also was a very strong trait of Mike Goldroyd playing football. Like, when... like. I feel like Mike, and, and this is like, this credits you to your um, ambition and your like hard work and your never say die attitude. But like, I feel like a coach would be like, like, you know, could be like berating you and just saying like, you know, like, oh, droid, like, you know, like, yeah, you may be fast, but you suck and you're terrible. You have no hands, yada, 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 which I mean, no coaches would say that, but you would be like you'd be surprised you would take from no. that you'd be like I'm kidding did, did you just say I was fat? no I said oh yeah yeah well so I appreciate that you always, have, you always have a good you always have a good way of checking that glass is half full which is very it's a very strong quite, uh, trait to have I appreciate it Huff I, I think sometimes it hurts me uh, now we're getting deep right <laughs> I think it it sometimes hurts me. I always try to see the best in people. I always try to see the glass half full, give people the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, I think I, I stay long after I should have abandoned things, regardless of what they are, whether it's football, <laughs> a girl that I like, or jobs, whatever it may be. I, I, like, exhaust it all the way to the very end to where, you know, maybe if I kind of just read the signs... Um, you know, maybe uh, I could have saved myself some uh, some heartache, but hey, it is what it is, right? <clears throat> so. Well, uh, just touching on that, are there any girls that you like, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I like all girls. Um, I. It's all right. It's just it's just you and me. It's just you and me here. You can tell me. Well, Huff, I already told you I love you. <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right. All right no, no, no. I. Um, Man, this, that's that's a deep question. The only girl I've ever really, really been into, you've met, and that was a long time ago in, in college, Huff, um, and it didn't work out. He ended up being a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I haven't met uh, I haven't met uh, anyone since that um, you know that I've wanted to kind of start a life with. I guess. I mean, all my friends are getting married. You're married, uh, which I was. Very excited to be at your wedding. It was awesome. Uh, I cut the garter belt there. or Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, I cut the garter belt when your wife threw it. Um, and uh, that was... Not the garter belt. Just the garter. Oh, I cut the garter. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, still waiting for that one to come to fruition. Um, <clears throat> it's weird. Uh, I, I don't huff. I don't have a girl right now that, um, you know, long story short, I'm open to it, but um, it's uh, it's just it's it's not on the table at the moment, my friend. So. At, at my, now that we're talking relationships, have you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. I, I kiss girls quite often, to be honest. Oh, man, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I uh, Sometimes I kiss girls when I meet them immediately. I say, hey, what's up? My name's Michael Oldroyd, and then I just kiss him on the cheek. Um, uh, man, you're the coolest. <laughs> well... Usually, and this is this is kind of a unique thing that we have to talk about, is usually it's after a few drinks of alcohol, which I know you don't drink, and that brings up an interesting story from your 21st birthday when we were in college. I'd, I'd love to talk about that for a minute. Um, okay. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about it. Jump in whenever you want. I want to hear your perspective. But nonetheless, it was, Huff's, it was Austin Huff's 21st birthday. <clears throat> we were at Mizzou, and... You know, Greek life there. You know, fraternities and sororities were very uh, relevant for the social scene. And um, Huff gave me a call. It was like midnight, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I just took 21 shots of Red Bull." Was it Huff? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me jump in just real quick right here. All right. So this was a Saturday night. It was it was right after homecoming um, for Mizzou, which is always a huge deal at Mizzou. Um, I, I I don't drink, and so, but it was my twenty my twenty first birthday, so like I had to do something, so I took um, twenty one double shots. It, as it turned out, I didn't even think about it at the moment, but it, it was we had this double shot glass, and I took twenty one shots of uh, of mon- uh, Monster Energy drink, or, or no, it was the Rockstar Energy drink. Not like it matters; they're all. You know, like they're all just in gross hormones, like <laughs> yeah. carbonated water. Um, but uh, so I, I drank, I, I drank twenty-one shots, which ended up being two full cans, and those are like sixteen-ounce cans too. Like those are big, big things. And so I drank them all, and we went out to uh, right at midnight, and and then we went out to um, to the bars at in, like downtown in downtown Columbia, but most of the bars were already, like, closing for the night because in Mizzou, it's dumb, and the bars closed, like, super early in the night. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't remember if it was, like, midnight or one that they closed, but so we're, we go to the bars, and, like, it, it, all the bars are kind of, you know, being out, and it's like, well, crap. And most of the guys I was with, they're like, well, we're tired, you know, long day at the game, we're going to go home, and well, I had just taken, I had just drank two cans of Rockstar Energy drink, so obviously I'm still like, like just loaded and hyper, and I was all get out and just like ready to, you know, stay out and, you know, have some fun. And so all my friends start heading home, and I'm like, I'm like, crap. Well, who can I call? And I'm, you know, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What about Mike Oldroyd? <laughs> so I call Mike. And and you pick up and you were at KA right? <clears throat> I was either going to KA or I was there already. It was Kappa Alpha Order for those that don't know yeah. what KA is. So go yeah, on. And I, yeah. I, and I'm walking home and KA is on my way home. And so I call you and um, you can you can pick up where where you left off. <laughs> All right. So keep in mind, guys. KA, as well as many fraternities at, at Mizzou, th- those are party fraternities. That's where a lot of cute girls uh, hang out. That's where there's a lot of, you know, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, drinking being one of many things. Uh, and, uh, you know, they have a lot a of parties. Lot of, some, some people even, some people even kissed. <laughs> I think they do... Uh, Sometimes they even do kiss there at KA, uh, as well as many other things I, I would uh, think is safe to uh, uh, throw out there. I wanted to, to show... Here's, here's, here's where I'm coming from. I know that Huff, you know, 
is 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 a is a very pure, awesome, you know, just great guy. And I was like, this will be interesting to see how these two groups mix, right? Because because of what I just described, as well as Huff. I mean, he had never drank an alcohol in his life. He still may not have. Um, and I just thought to myself, it'll be very interesting to put these two together. First of all, Ka, any fraternity doesn't like other guys coming around unless you're in the fraternity just because of the natural laws of supply and demand (laughs) Um, and uh, you know I I vouched for Huff because he's awesome and um, it's a very easy an easy vouch Um, but anyway I bring him I I bring him into the the fraternity We, we go in there's obviously the girls there people have been drinking for a while it was late but the party's still going on the music's still going on and again, I'm kind of nervous, right? I'm kind of nervous because I'm friends with these guys. I didn't want them to think I'm just bringing in people from the outside. Um, and to my, something happened that I never would have thought could happen in a, in a thousand years. Um, what what started to happen was the girls started to flock around Huff. Um, these sorority girls, you know were were drawn to him i I think the only analogy because because here's the thing guys huff is very lighthearted. uh he has no agenda and he was just being himself he was high on life you know had his had his 21 shots and literally was drunk on rock star (laughs) literally was just being himself being hilarious being funny um you know the type of person that you want to be around and the girls sensed it and i saw them flock to him in a way that I had never seen them flock to really any guy at any fraternity or or, or anything like that. It was a, a flock of innocence. I don't know. It was like a, when I say moths attracting to the light, um, that's literally the best way I could describe it. They were eating it up. And I was like completely not surprised in the way that I – it makes sense, but I didn't, I didn't think that going into that 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 was even possible. You just don't imagine – girls flocking the way that they were there and it was I think it was actually a, a lesson learned for a lot of guys um, to be on, to be honest which is uh, I, I changed the world that day there's no longer any more drinking in frat houses because of me. <laughs> well I do think you gave me a lens that I hadn't had before Huff and it does make a difference and I thought it was really darn so, cool. Well, that that was a lot of fun, and it was a great way to ring in my 21st birthday. And I was always always appreciative of you going, kind of going out on that one and allowing me to just extend my night because I didn't want to go home and go to bed yet to extend my night and have some fun. And I had it was honestly it was one of my most memorable nights in college uh, because of that. And it was. So I'm, I'm very grateful for you, one, answering your phone so late at night, and then two, kind of uh, working working uh, your magic to get me inside a frat house. Because if, 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 if you come to a frat house and you don't have a girl on each arm, so a girl for you and a girl for who, who, a brother in the house, <laughs> then you're probably not getting into that frat house. Your mic leaves this frat house, grabs me outside, and comes in with me. That's two dudes with no girls, <laughs> and brings me into a frat house party. So the the numbers were definitely off. Well, but funny funny story. So that was that that was. I don't think I went to AA after that. That was what junior senior year. I was in college for two senior years. So I, and I think that was probably my last time in KA. But my first time in KA also had kind of a crazy, um, a crazy story. Interesting. And it just so happened to be the same frat house at both times. But wow. this was fresh. This was freshman year, and I had come to. This was I think even before I knew you, Mike. Okay. Um, I come to uh, Mizzou, not knowing a soul. Uh, literally, I, I came from Middle Tennessee, uh, from Nashville, and uh, not. I, I went to Mizzou. I was the only person. I think I was one of two people from the entire mid-state of Tennessee that enrolled at Mizzou my freshman year. And uh, w- w- somehow I ended up at KA at a party. Uh, some friends, 
I, I knew some friends, and we we ended up at Kappa Alpha Order. And being the freshman that knew no one, I took this opportunity upon myself to create an identity for myself. <laughs> and, and so, but but the thing is, with every person I met, I created a new identity. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and so I would. Like uh, and and I I tried to meet for some reason my freshman year I was like you know I was just like kind of girl crazy I was like I, I got to meet every girl on this campus I have to do it <laughs> awesome and so every girl at that party like I would go up to and I was very outgoing which is like today like probably is not me obviously I'm married but like even if I was single like I probably wouldn't just go up to any random girl but for some reason my freshman year I would just go up to girl after girl um, and just introduce myself and I don't know so and each time I would meet you know oh where are you from oh I'm from Cincinnati um, and and I'd talk about what it was like growing up in Cincinnati or um, <laughs> a, a very a very popular answer of mine was oh where are you from and they would say all right I would say um, oh I'm from Nickrit Alaska and okay and people would be like, wow, Alaska, what are you, an Eskimo? And I would always play it down, like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not an Eskimo. Like, that's, yeah, I get that question probably more so than not, but no, it, we, there's actually houses and things up there. And, and I would talk about Alaska as if, uh, one, that I'd grown up there, but two, I've never been to Alaska in my entire life. I, I, but I was here, I am talking about it like I grew up there. And so I... Uh, so this continues on through the night. It, it turned out even like in, um, I met so many people and told so many people I was from Nickrit, Alaska, that I changed my Facebook profile to my hometown being Nickrit, Alaska, which isn't even a real city. It's like <laughs> one, one quick Google search and you would find out that there's no such place as Nickrit, Alaska. But, but you're not going to, you know, it, no, no drunken girl at a frat party is going to... And we didn't have smartphones back then either, so it was yeah. pretty easy. She was going to run home and, and Fact check. search Nickrit, Alaska. Yeah. And and so and then so then I kind of got tired with Nickrit. So then with the next few people I met, I told them I was from Kansas City, which was kind of dumb on my part because obviously being at Mizzou, you know that everyone there is from either Kansas City or St. Louis. It's it's one or the other, and. So I started telling people I was from Kansas City. Well, sure enough, I'm I'm meeting people that are also from Kansas City, <laughs> and they're asking me they're asking me where I went to high school. Okay. And I was like, oh well, and I knew a couple of guys on the football team, um, just you know through the the practices that we had and everything. Um, and so I told them my buddy Tony Temple's. Um, high school which was Rockhurst I, yeah. I went to Rockhurst and I knew that was an all boys school right. so I knew it wouldn't hurt I couldn't there was no girl that was going to be like oh, I also go to Rockhurst right. and then we'd have other problems on our hands <laughs> uh, but she so I would say oh I went to Rockhurst and and she would this one girl said oh well, do you know so and so like Jenny uh, you know do you know Jenny Majors yeah. and, and I was like Oh my gosh! Yes, I love Jenny. <laughs> you know, she went to the sister school that uh, yeah. the all girls sister school at Rockhurst. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love Jenny. And she's like, well, she's right downstairs. Come on! And she grabs me by the wrist and she starts <laughs> taking me downstairs. And I'm being pulled, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is like my worst nightmare. What am I going to say? This girl's going to see me and not know who the heck I am. Like, this is going to be so freaking awkward. I'm going to have to leave right after this. Yes. She pulls me down, and she pulls me into this, like, you know, into this room down on the lower level of KA. And she she opens up the door, and sure enough, there's this, you know, I, whatever her name was. We'll continue to call her Jenny Majors. There's, there's Jenny sitting there, or standing there talking to the people, and she goes, Jenny! Oh, my gosh! Look who it is! And she stepped out of the way and pointed to me. And, and and I just, like, kind of put my hands out and, like, kind of shrug and give her, like, a, hey. <laughs> and she, and she's, like, oh, like, she gets real excited and then she's, like, realizes she has no idea who the hell I am. And she, and she goes, 
and and I, I I immediately I don't know like I was just like in the zone. Immediately I looked to the girl that drug me down there, and I was like, "See, I told you she wouldn't remember me who I was." <laughs> and Jen, Jenny starts walking towards me. She's like, "Wait, no! Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, who are you again?" And I was like, "I'm Austin, Austin Huff. Like, we, you know, I went to Rockhurst." Um, she's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't remember you. What?" What year did you graduate? I was like, I was, I graduated in 04, which I really graduated in 05, but, but for some reason I told her 04. And she's like, oh, oh my gosh, how do I not know you? She's like, did you know so-and-so? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I knew him. I, I didn't really hang out with him. She's like, well, did you know so-and-so? I was like, yes, we hung out all the time. And she pauses and she goes, Oh my gosh, Austin Huff, how are you? <laughs> and she gave me the biggest hug, and we caught up. <laughs> we caught up with how our lives have been going. <laughs> and immediately after that conversation was over, I bolted out of there and was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Way to go for I wouldn't have been able to keep it up that long, dude. That is... That's impressive, to be honest. I, I honestly don't know how I how I did it. It was, it was freshman year again. Like I was like in some like freshman haze of like just all right. I'm gonna meet as many people as I can and be as dishonest with every single person as I can. And I knew like I knew most of the people at this party, so you know it, it, that kind of went to my favor and went to my and it was a way for me to like you know I would always stay sober and I would. It was a way for me to kind of have some fun at their expense, in yeah. a way. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it. That <laughs> needless to say, I I did not tell many people after that night that I was from Nickrit, Alaska, or anywhere else other than Nashville for that matter. <laughs> well, I, I think that's a fun story, Huff, and you got to. I'm not gonna, you know, who am I to. Um, say, oh, you learned an important lesson in life by doing that. I don't, I don't know. But I will say, I have learned. Uh, I think that's a very entertaining way of learning a lesson of, you know, you know it, it, it's better just to be honest. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, <laughs> the moral of this story. <laughs> well, and also, like, I'm from Nashville. And like I said, there was no one else at Mizzou from Nashville so it's like if I like people would be like where are you from and I'd be like I'm from Nashville that would literally kill so many conversations and it was like it was like oh man like nobody could relate to <laughs> Nashville like you know nobody was like oh I had an uncle in Nashville yeah. like, oh, I've been to Nashville because I mean this is 2004 Nashville like before it like got you know like I mean it's, Nashville's a really cool city now but like this was well before all that. Well before. Well before. Like well, anyone from Middle Tennessee started going to Mizzou, and yeah, so it was. It, it definitely got me to get a lot more conversations going because people would, you know, ask me about cooler cities or you know where I was from. But but yeah, I guess if you want to kind of kill the vibe, then I guess always be honest is the motto. <laughs> if, I, if I want to kill the vibe. Well, I, going back to sales, I think one of the reasons I've actually had any success in sales is because of my, I, I have a hard time lying, you know, whether I try to or not, I just can't do it. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons I've had some success is I, I just kind of shoot people straight and I'm, I'm humorous about it too. So, ah, I'm not really that funny all the time, but I'd say I shoot people straight. I try my best to, um, and I think that that goes a, a long way. It's like when you go to Best Buy, right? When when the salesman is trying to convince you to to buy something and you think he's like going by some script that they're pushing, you right. you lose respect for him. And if he just tells you, "I think this product sucks. You should you should this is what I've gotten in the past because of XYZ." And there's a place down the street that sells it for a few dollars cheaper. You might actually buy from the guy because you like him and you yeah. want to reward him. So that's kind of well, they also say, and I think this plays into your benefit as well, they also say that like when you're doing like any type of public speaking or uh, communicating with people, humor always breaks down barriers and always breaks down walls and it gets people uh, to trust you yes. more easily. 
Yeah. And so if you, you know, that's why people always say, like, in public speaking, always start with a joke or yeah. um, leave the humorous anecdote, then people are, the audience is more willing to trust you. And I think the same thing applies with sales. Like, if you can, you know, kind of get people to laugh or get people to like you, then you're going to break down those walls and you're going to get them to be more trusting and then thus you steal their money for whatever it is that you're selling, whether well, it be a sheet of paper or healthcare supplies. Hey, do you consider it, do you consider, let me think of something that you, what's your favorite hat that you own? LA Dodgers, right? You're an LA Dodgers fat, fan? Yeah. Yes. Do you consider the LA Dodgers stealing your money when you buy your favorite flat bill from them? Um, that's deep. No I, uh, no, I mean, I guess not. That's the type of things I want to give to people is the things where they're like, this is not stealing my money. I want more of it. And the only way they'll ever really know is after they've bought. But, you know, if... I'm able to find something that really works for them, aka an LA Dodgers hat that's perfectly fitted, um, and they buy it, and they can afford it, and they're happy with it, then they might want to know what other kind of LA Dodgers um, products I have behind the counter. Um, or Mike, they... Mike do, you, do you sell Dodgers hats? <laughs> yeah, I, I can... Now I, can... Now I might be interested. <laughs> I, finally, I finally hit the nail on the head, huh-huh? Hey. Like, hey, if you fold this white sheet of paper into a hat, you could draw an L.A. on there, and then, boom, hey, Dodgers hat. Hey, Huff, what if I could get you a sheet of paper with an L.A. Dodgers logo on it? In fact, how about an entire notebook so that when you're writing down your jokes and you're brainstorming, you've got the little Just L.A. Stationary. You've got the Dodgers motivation in the bottom right or top right corner, um, and it's always there because when you see that, you're in your zone and you're ready to write. Mike, I'm, I told you, I've already told you I'm allergic to paper. I'm not buying <laughs> paper that you try and sell me. <laughs> I got I to I prove to the listeners that I don't suck at sales. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, who cares? Uh, at the end of the day, I will say this much. Nobody likes a sleazy salesman um, or that car, car salesman type um, well, stigma. The, 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 I think you could stop it after the second second word there I don't think anyone likes anyone who's sleazy <laughs> yeah I do agree with that I do agree with I that mean, like, you, I mean name any profession and put the word sleazy in front of it that's just like a gross word I agree like grimy ew. yeah yeah untrustworthy um, hidden agenda I think that's another thing is Get your agenda on the table. Let them know what motivates you and why you do what you do, um, what you're getting out of it. Because a lot of people, when a salesman is talking to them, they know what the salesman telling them it's going to benefit the person who's buying. But the person who's buying always knows that the salesman has an agenda as well. And I think sometimes by just being transparent and sharing everything and people can see the entire mechanism, it also builds trust and kind of okay and and that that agenda is 99.9 percent of the reason why i would never walk into a buckle store in the mall right did you ever used to go into buckle yeah uh danny danny likes buckle i like a couple of the things that they sell there that does not surprise me that danny likes buckle (laughs) but the buckle the um like buckle was always like known for like a, I don't know it, it was like a a a fancy thrift store is what it felt like it wasn't one it was like you know you it was like their own original clothes and, and things like that but I, the reason I I would never walk in is because the minute you walk in you're bombarded with at least one or two people that work there because they worked on commission and I used to work in the mall and so that was like always like a known thing. And it was like, oh, well, the people at Buckle, they work on commission. So they're trying to just sell you and put you in any pair of, you know, skinny jeans with acid, acid wash skinny jeans with multiple holes in them. They're just trying to get you in any pair and get you out of there um, just so they can yeah. make their, quota. their money. And you would walk in and they'd be like, well, 
why don't I show you here? Uh, can I help you find what you're looking for? It, or, you know, in, in sales, you don't, in sales in the mall or in retail, you don't ask open-ended, or you, you ask open-ended questions so they can't give you a yes or no answer. You're like, like so uh, what are you looking for today? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, if they, you know, they don't answer that, then you, you hit on like five yeah. or six other questions. And then you always end every sale trans- transaction with, would you like to open a credit card today? Right. You get 10% off your entire purchase today. And, Yada yada yada, yeah. but yeah. Well, I, 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 I never, I never. Going back to your point, I never trusted the people that worked at Buckle, which led me to never walk into a Buckle. Well, I hope that you can trust me enough to where, you know, I wouldn't sell you snake oil, Huff. Um, if I think it's just like anything else, there's good cops out there, there's bad cops out there, there's good salesmen and bad salesmen. I think a bad salesman, aside from just not being good at it is an unethical salesman and someone who doesn't have the people's best interest at heart. Uh, if I'm working at Do- if, at Dodgers, um, at the Dodgers athletic store um, where they sell all their um, memorabilia and shirts and jerseys, my goal as a salesman is to share with you all the information on the new products coming out, what they're made out of, Anything that matters to you, I want to share the facts. My goal is not to sit there and sell you as soon as you walk into that store. You're already bought into Dodgers. You love them. You're diehard. My goal is to match up and make sure that you're aware of the products that exist that you may not have known before and the prices and the quality of them, meaning not to try to BS you but to make sure that you know – you know, based on the things that actually matter to you, I want you to know what things out there exist, if they do at all. Sometimes they don't. But that would be my goal. And I think you know me well enough, hopefully, to where if you ever came into a Dodgers store and I happened to be <laughs> working there, maybe at the bottom of the stadium, who knows, that um, you would at least know that I'm shooting you straight. I wouldn't go, hey, Huff, do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy this? Um you know, I'd say, hey, if this is what it is, let me know if you have any questions. Um, and then you might come back and say, you know, I, I did my research. I looked at other stores. You guys have the same price. Yours is actually even a little more expensive, but I like you. you you're always honest with me, um, and I want to buy from you. That would be my goal, you know. Like you said, there's there's, there's good salesmen. There's bad salesmen. The, the, the good thing about that, though, is, we already know that all the bad salesmen are locked up in one place at your local buckle at your <laughs> shop. Yes, yes, they they certainly are. Um, yeah, I've I've bought a few things from them in the past. It's it's always funny to hear them. Would you like it in blue or black? You know, it's like uh, yeah. neither actually <laughs> zero zero of those like, options. You know what would go great with that? Uh, this crucifix ne- necklace. It's <laughs> It's a choker made out of hemp. And you're like, no, that would not look great with that, and I don't, I don't need another one of those. Well, I, I'm glad you have one already. No, that's funny, Huff. That's, um, well, what do you think, Huff? Are you, uh, are things winding down? I know we, we're at about 54 minutes right now, which has been awesome. I usually do 30 minute podcasts, but I'm sure everyone's, um, you know appreciating the fact that we went over because this is fun stuff i hope they are hop, we can just hop in that harry potter time machine we've got go back and, and cut some of it out yeah fair enough um <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we jump off uh no man just uh can i promote you can i uh absolutely <laughs> they're listening to check out mike oldroyd and all his uh endeavors in comedy Please do. I mean, trust me when I when I say this. He is so funny on stage. Not so funny in a in a football locker room. <laughs> Fair enough. I. Uh, but but in your defense, no one is funny in a football locker room. Yeah, that's true. Sean Witherspoon and John Gissinger were pretty funny, um, <laughs> and I think John Gissinger was unintentionally funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't think that was. 
but those were the days. We definitely had fun. In fact, and this could be a whole other conversation, but in fact, I think it's good. I don't think we're going to get off the phone if I say this, but I have to say it. Um, I realized I have two years left of eligibility, uh, NCAA division, oh. and I really like Coach Odom. And I can't say that the, that the thought hasn't crossed my mind recently now that the Tigers are kind of, you know, it's his first year coaching and, you know, uh, we're waiting to kind of see how the program just rebuilds. Say it, just say it, they suck. I, I kind of, I'm kind of wanting to go back and give it another go up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you know what? Like, most, most guys would laugh that off. Like, yeah, that's good one. But, like, with you, like, I honestly would believe you would go back and you would take classes and you would read. And, like, I, I'd be, like, scrolling my Facebook news feed one day and all of a sudden see a picture of you. First day of classes. Again. You know, and it's like, and, and then sure enough, like, I'm watching watching the Mizzou game that Saturday. And there's Mike Oldroyd leading the team out of the tunnel and on the sidelines getting the Basically, just repeating my entire life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then twenty or uh, like ten years later, after that goes down, you ask me to join your podcast again, and I'm like, wait a minute, I I feel like we already did all this. Like, Mike is literally just living in a loop. Like, you move out to Manhattan <laughs> for a couple of years, then you move to New York. Oh man, that is awesome, Huff. I really, I really enjoyed that, and I, I wouldn't p- put it past myself to live in that cycle again. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was definitely a, a lot of fun the first time around. <laughs> Why not do it again? I've got no girl to, uh, to anchor me down from, from getting, yeah. getting down uh, off the slide and climbing back up the ladder so I can slide down it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this has been fun, Huff. You're okay. like David. David Arquette never been kissed. That's 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 what that whole scene would be like. <laughs> well, I uh, I don't think I've seen David Arquette, but it still made me chortle because it sounded funny. Um, who's David? Yeah, Drew Barrymore, David Arquette, never been kissed. It's a great one. I suggest uh, Netflixing it whenever you get a chance. Awesome, Huff. Well, is there anything else uh, you want to say before we call it a night? Uh, you going out tonight? <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end the episode. Uh, I appreciate you coming on tonight, Huff, and uh, it's been awesome. I hope everybody enjoyed the episode, and until next time, appreciate your time. That is the worst way to end it ever. Uh, let's <laughs> let's try to say something better than that. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining. Are you still recording? Yeah, <laughs> we gotta. Okay, we gotta Good, because I want I, I want that all to be left in. <laughs> this is the only part of the co- the podcast that we leave in. Um, no. Uh, okay, and uh, thanks for your time and uh, good night. <laughs> hey, Coach Yost. No, that's another inside joke. No one will get. So, um, anyway, guys, I appreciate it, and uh, until next time, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it here I, I suppose gosh it's not like never a good ending like how do i end this <laughs> i'll let you can end you it hang up. can let you, you hang up <laughs> can you end it for me huff <laughs> yeah are we still rolling we're yeah still rolling. We're, we're still going can you please end the episode all right all right let me show you how it's done mike Okay. All right, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, once again, thanks to Mike Oldroyd, uh, my host for this evening. Um, and, uh, Mike, I want to thank you for uh, having me. And um, also uh, just want to thank you for all listening. And be sure to uh, check us out next week. Uh, this podcast drops every 
uh, and you, this is where you edit in whatever day of the week <laughs> or whatever, whenever you post. So like every Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, have a great week. And uh, again, this is uh, Austin Huff for Mike Oldroyd signing off. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?